0: In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything, and that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more, and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com.
1: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the
2: magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizzik.com slash socks. All
1: right, let's get into our numbers game. All right, Dan, every week in the Chicago Tribune, you have a package that includes a lot of numbers, a lot of research, a lot of good stuff. Where do you want to start?
2: I'll rip, up, rip them off really quickly. I'm going to start here with seven. That's the number of losses in the Matt Iberflus era by 16 points or more. it's 18-game oh span. Oh,
1: is that depressing.
2: In an 18-game span, they've lost seven games by at least 16 points or more. The only other teams <laughs> in the NFL with at least – with more than three, such losses are the Colts with five and the Rams with four. So that tells you a little something about where they've been.
1: That's – That's non-competitive. Those are non-competitive losses. Those aren't coming close. Those are I know that six of those seven were in the name of tanking and people can rationalize all they want, but those are non-competitive losses.
2: All right, I'll stay on that same vein right now and give you 369. That's the number of points allowed by the Chicago Bears since they last won a game. They've also allowed 4,409 yards in that span. That's an average of 33.5 points and 400.8 yards per game in their 11-game losing streak. Got to get that thing eliminated as soon as possible.
1: 33.5 points in their 11-game losing streak they're averaging. You are not going to win a single game giving up 33.5 points a game.
2: You're not. So we'll switch over to uh, a, a Sunday afternoon number. It's 66. It's the receiving yards recorded by Mike Evans in the season opener for the Buccaneers, including a 28-yard touchdown pass from Bakerfield and that upset win on the road in Minnesota. Mike Evans, David, has nine consecutive seasons with 1,000 yards. That's second all-time. The NFL record is 11 consecutive 1,000-yard Uh, receiving seasons by a guy you might have heard of. His name is Jerry Rice, who did it from 1986 through 1996 with the Forty ers
1: Mike Evans made Johnny Menzel, Johnny football and Mike (laughs) Evans is making Baker Mayfield into a legit NFL quarterback. Again, Mike Evans can play and is,
2: is one of the more underrated receivers over the last five years. Big dude and also a guy, Eddie Jackson, said today, likes to talk a lot and get in your head. Last number for me is six. It's the number of receptions, a team high by Roshon Johnson in the season opener. Roshon Johnson did just about everything that was asked of him in his NFL debut in week one. And now, obviously, in a backfield uh, by committee. With Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman, he's going to get more opportunity to play Sunday against the Buccaneers. As you know, the Buccaneers are a blitz-heavy team, which requires you to have backs that can pass block. Roshan Johnson can do that. So you've got a guy who can run it with authority. you got a guy who can catch it. you got a guy who can block and be reliable and blitz pickup. So those six receptions were, were uh, certainly noteworthy in week one.
1: Todd Bowles' Buccaneers blitz Kirk Cousins 43% of the time, the highest rate in the NFL in week one. They're going to come after... Uh, Justin Fields I think unless they sit back and make him play quarterback and try to play the shell but Todd Bowles' defense tend to be very aggressive they don't care who the quarterback is and here's what's interesting to me Dan that Roshan Johnson stat is is interesting because how often or I guess I should rephrase it how rare is it where your rookie running back is your most trusted running back on third down because in part of pass protection Usually that's when the guys get confused, they throw a lot at you, yet he's a he's a reliable pass catcher, and he's a dependable pass blocker, which isn't always the case when you're talking about young running backs.
2: Justin Fields said he's handled himself like a grown man since the day he got here in the spring, and that's high praise from, from a captain on the team who's obviously had his head turned by what the rookie has been able to bring to the table.
1: I have one number, if you're done with the numbers. Chris, yeah, I'm fire. I have one number that I think includes a bit of a mea culpa by me. It's number three and that is the number of debuts that baker mayfield has won with his respective teams he's on his fourth team which doesn't necessarily (laughs) surprise me he started with the browns won that debut then i think he went to the panthers i think he lost that one his first game then he went to the rams Rams, and you remember he won the first one with the rams because it was all like wow baker's here that's cool and now he's with the bucks replacing tom brady And he won in Minnesota. Who knew? So I think of Baker Mayfield. I think of the punk who tried to plant the flag in AstroTurf back at Oklahoma. I've never liked the guy. I hated his commercials. But I have to give him respect. He is a guy that gets the job done. I love the way that he uh, mocked the idea of him stealing signs and signals from the Vikings. I'd be very careful if I were Alan Williams because (laughs) Baker Mayfield is watching grudgingly. This is grudgingly I'm giving Baker Mayfield the respect he has earned. This is his fourth team, but this guy is an NFL survivor. And I think he's going to be around for a
2: while listen i love baker mayfield and i've always loved baker mayfield because i'm in i'm in this for the theater you know and you know you're going to get entertainment from that dude one way or another every single time he steps on the field he's going to talk too much he's going to be too demonstrative it is the type of stuff that, that guys like you and me should live for so i'm surprised to hear you say that that you're yeah
1: it's a little cocky that's all <laughs> <He's always laughs> not, not a little like. not a
2: little yeah i mean a it's a over lot. the top it's, nah, over, the it's top. A little over the
1: top you like the juice that he brings you like the, all the juice all right let's bring Adam Szczinsky, speaking of juice, he's going to bring the juice to our prediction segment because we're going to predict Bears and Bucks on Sunday. I think we're all going to be shocked by Adam's prediction. Uh-oh. Let's
0: start with studs. All right, I am picking the Bears, but here's the thing: I'm picking them almost off of blind faith that this bleep has to get that they understand it's got to get better and that that whatever the hell happened last week was inexcusable, and I hope it. And if it doesn't get better, if it doesn't look a hell of a lot better. You're going to, like, this is going to get bad from my point of view. If I'm tearing you apart, that means it's bad. So get it together. Like, seriously, like, even picking them to win 25 to 20, I don't know how they get there. But just based on them cleaning stuff up, clean it the F up. Seriously, what the hell was that? So I'm still angry about it. I know it's been we be
1: shaking on the couch like you described you shaking on the couch before kickoff last Sunday.
0: Right. So and, and one one last thing here real quick, like if <laughs> even if they I can take loss on it looks a hell of a lot better. Like if Mike has a crazy catch in the fourth quarter to win the game and it was a close game and everything looked a lot better, whatever. Fine. But if they did it to the Packers again. Like it's going to be scorched earth from my point of view. So, all right, I got the Bears winning 25-20. <laughs>
1: all right, 25-20 from Studs. Dan, what do you
2: think? Well, that was our first experiment taking callers on the Take the North podcast. <laughs> 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 I'm, going, I'm going Bears 20. I'm sorry, I'm going Buccaneers 20, Bears 16. I know I told you on Wednesday morning on the Mully and Haw show, you David. totally that misled me, I, man. I, I told you, you to- I was... Le- totally misled me. I took your cue and I ran with it. Go ahead. Let me walk you through this. I, I was leaning toward the Bears. My rationale was they cannot possibly be as bad as he performed in week one. I cannot fathom that with my brain. This league is filled every year and really every week with bounce back performances that make you go, oh, okay, you know, this is just what happens. Teams bounce, 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 bounce back and forth. I thought the Bears were headed that way and then I kept studying the matchups and kept trying to find the answers that studs just mentioned that you're looking for to try to figure out how they get on the right side of this thing. I don't know how they're going to protect Justin Fields well enough against a blitz heavy uh, uh, performance from Todd Bowles and his defense. The Bucs have the scheme and the personnel on defense to make life very uncomfortable for Justin. Kirk Cousins just had three turnovers against them. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the inability to rush the passer on a consistent basis in a way that helps your secondary try to account for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who can be a problem on every single series that you're playing if you don't have rush to speed up the quarterback. So all that brings me back to a point where I I the bears are going to be more competitive it's going to look better than it did in week one but the buccaneers win 20 to 16.
1: so you had me thinking bears after your hit on wednesday morning i had myself thinking that i talked myself into it because i just feel like the bears essentially in my mind they dropped boredom and complacency from the roster they cut those two and they're adding urgency and desperation And that, to me, is the most compelling reason. Not very convincing, but compelling. They can't lose this game because they're staring at 0-3. And if you're staring at 0-3, in the NFL, as we all know, you're three games away from prosperity or disaster. And so if the Bears start 0-3, they're going down a path that is even uglier than it looks now. They haven't won a game since October 24th. They would be approaching the one-year anniversary if they start 0-3. They may go a full year between... Victories if they start zero and three, you're not winning an Arrowhead. You better win Sunday at Raymond James Stadium. Tough place to play, but Justin Fields is going to, I think, be the bold stroke artist, the abstract artist. Stop with the paint by numbers, Luke Getzey. Stop with the check downs, Justin Fields. Take the risks. The rewards are worth it. That's going to be the difference. Justin Fields is going to either break one or two. Or take a shot down the field and find DJ Moore. Remember him, and one plus two will equal six. And they will win this game 28 to 27.
2: He can't turn the ball over. The quarterback can't turn the ball over. And I think that's going to be a problem on Sunday. By the way, the Bears have lost on their last three trips into Tampa by an average score of 34 to 7. La, 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 la,
1: la, 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 Stud
2: our- said, said they're due, in, and that is literally on the, uh, on the marquee when you walk <laughs> into the building here at House Hall. It just says Chicago Bears, they're due.
0: We're due.